And we're live. We're live. Amen. That's a good that's a good sound. We're live. We're live again. I never get this thing turned around here right. <clears throat> so I'm gonna put this on here so I can hear. I'm gonna turn that down because oh my goodness, I've got it turned all the way up in my ear. If I gotta turn it all the way up, I'm gonna be repeating myself, listening to myself and <laughs> you. Yeah. So, all right. Well, Happy New Year. Happy New Year. <laughs> we are back on the, the round table here, uh, continuing on in our series that we had left off on, The Life of Christ. And so, real quick, if you're joining us for the first time, welcome. Uh, you can catch us not only here live on Facebook, but uh, we also have a YouTube channel. And uh, just look up Liberty Roundtable, and you'll see the, the cross and the crown. And it'll say Liberty Roundtable Bible Study on the page. Um, you can see all of our former episodes there uh, that we've already done the last uh, almost two, two years. Two years? Two years full. Going on three. And so um, feel free to go back through those. You'll hear us reference them from time to time. Um, if you don't have a screen to watch us on, you can always listen to us at uh, anchor.fm, bullhorn, Spotify. Apple, Google Podcasts, all those different places, and so we uh, we appreciate you listening in with us here. Um, so, uh, brother, where where did we leave off Matthew, last time? We left off in part three with the uh, <clears throat> angels appearing to the shepherds and and proclaiming with the heavenly host, "Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men." I've been Luke two fourteen. Uh, the shepherds. Uh, right after that, left their fields and they, they went to Bethlehem to see this babe in a manger that God has revealed to them by the angel. Now, the shepherds were all caught up in a moment. Uh, they were both scared and extremely blessed at the same time. They So they say, well, let's go now. Let's go now. Amen. And so, if you'll notice brother um, you just said they said let's go now they didn't let anything grow into their feet they just took right off took right off you know uh, there was a sense of urgency there and uh, and excitement yep uh, perhaps they were religious uh, men who, who were waiting for the Messiah and now with God revealing that he has arrived uh, it it stoked an immediate need to see the Savior of the world uh, and set out to bring uh, his uh, good news to a world who has been waiting for this moment for a long time now. Uh, they were told where to find him, and they and it says there they immediately sought after him. Uh, and really, indeed, all uh, men everywhere should share in their in their urgency. Amen. And seek Jesus for themselves, uh, just like our shepherd counterparts. Uh, neither should we hesitate to find salvation, peace, and joy that's found in Jesus Christ, as Savior. So it says here that they made haste, and he found Mary, Joseph, and the babe lying in the manger. And you know what's interesting about that is, had not the angel told them uh, of the strange and humble beginnings of the Son of God uh, lying in the manger, they they would have they would have never been sure uh, whether it was him or not. Amen. And, and what's and you know what's the odds of finding the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords? Uh, lying in such a humble surrounding as a feed trough. Yeah, well, and it was, brother, it was to remove all doubt uh, of who they would behold 
Brother, if they would have just found a child wrapped up in fur and uh, in a wagon with mom and dad sitting outside the stable, they'd have just kept on moving. Yeah, they was looking for something specific. That's right. Yeah. Uh, Jesus would have looked like any other man, man child, had it not been uh, for him lying in that uh, manger. Yeah, and Isaiah 53 and 2 uh, says this, brother. It says, For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant and as a root out of dry ground. He hath no form nor comeliness, and when we shall see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. So there was nothing about him that would make him desirable. If, you know, if there would have been, brother, uh, he wouldn't have been able to identify with all of mankind. Mm -hmm. uh, he would have been showing favor if he was exceptional, good-looking, or uh, had some other exception. Uh, he would have been treated differently. But he identified himself with mankind, and he just like normal, looked normal. Uh, he would look like just any other man-child. Uh, this further proves that, that Jesus was the son of man as well as the son of God. And that he came as a man to identify with man, qualifying him 30-some years later to be the redeemer of all mankind. Amen. You know, and when they, and when they had seen it, uh, it says that they were satisfied that they had truly found the Savior of the world. Uh, they made it known abroad the things that had been told. Amen. Good advice for us, by the way. Yes, most certainly. And, and you know, uh, if you think about it, they were probably still a little shook up from the initial announcement, brother. And what an honor uh, to be the first street preachers uh, about the Messiah had come. And, you know, most people, whenever you think about shepherds, especially in those days, they were non-desirable. They were smelly. They were, uh, they, they couldn't have, have hold up testimony in the courts. And yet these guys didn't go to seminary. These guys didn't have any college background in the Old Testament. Uh, but God equipped them and qualified them to go out and tell. Amen. You know, God always chooses the least, not the most, doesn't he? Yes. Uh, Don't worry, I'm just making we, a quick adjustment. We should, uh, we should be just as anxious ourselves uh, to bring Jesus to the world uh, after we find him. Amen. Uh, he is the good news, brother. Uh, and, and the world needs a little good news, especially nowadays. And we are the proclaimers to the world as a church uh, that Jesus came to give us life and give it to us more abundantly. Yes. In fact, the gospel, the good news, Jesus Christ crucified, risen and coming again, they were telling about the fact that he had come. Now we get to say not only did he come, not only did he die, not only did he rise again, but he's coming again. Yeah. Amen. Yeah, this time he's coming in judgment. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's something else we need to tell, too. That's right. You know, the shepherd told uh, that they had seen um, seemed everyone that they met, and, and, and they, those that, that heard uh, wondered at those things they were told. Uh, and rather, even if they didn't uh, know whether to believe the shepherds or not, uh, they certainly knew that they had seen something significant in that field that night. Mm. Brother? the people could see it in their faces. They could hear it in their voices that they had seen something. Yeah. Their, their urgency and their excitement uh, bear witness to the fact that something marvelous had happened to them. Uh, and it should be so with all, the, all of us who have accepted Christ uh, and experienced Jesus Christ. Uh, it should be that way for all of us. The, the world should be able to see it 
on our faces and hearing our voices. Yeah, amen. amen. People may not have understood it. Yes. Uh, but they were convinced that the shepherd uh, experienced something unique, something special uh, that night in the field. Amen, that's for sure. Uh, the shepherds became the first preachers of the gospel that day, brother. Uh, Jesus was first seen uh, of common order. Uh, some would have said the lowly shepherds, giving them hope or giving everyone hope that uh, that there was uh, where there was little hope before because they weren't you know even somebody that thought they weren't anybody can now have hope in Jesus Christ. Amen. I'm so glad that he he died for all. Yeah, amen. No matter who you were, he died for he came for all. But something I always found a little strange, bro. It says and it says uh. And Mary kept those things and pondered them in her heart. That's down in her, that's down in her spirit, down down in her inner man. That man, that's down in where nobody can reach. Uh, and she was pondering so she could. She was seeking to understand more deeply the things she had seen and heard and experienced in the past nine months. Uh, I mean, man, she went, she went through a lot of stuff. Yeah. Uh, and it says here after eight days. Mary returned to Jerusalem to present her firstborn son, Jesus, uh, to the Lord according to the law of Moses and offered a sacrifice of a pair of turtle doves, uh, which was prescribed in Moses' law. So we've, we've come through the announcement, the, um, the arrival of Jesus Christ, the shepherds coming for the visit. But now, brother, we're going to fast forward oh, about a year or so. Yeah. Now Mary and Joseph are living in a house, and our Savior would have been a toddler. And in the meantime, back at the palace of old King Herod, who was the governor of Judea at that time, uh, and by the way, whose biggest fear was that he would be overthrown or replaced. Why? Well, <laughs> he had heard that the king of the Jews had been born, and that kind of upset him. Yeah. And about the same time, these wise men, uh, who were astronomers, uh, and as astronomers, they was always looking to the uh, skies for signs, you know. And uh, they noticed a different star one night. Bigger, brighter than anything they had ever seen, and in a place that they'd never seen it before. And any time a new star or comet was spotted, it was regarded by the ancients to be a sign of some spectacular event. Lo and behold, the most spectacular event in the Amen. Uh, the Jews have been looking for their Messiah for a long time now. And the prophecy in Micah 5, 2 concerning Bethlehem being the uh, birthplace was pretty common knowledge. The fact that a star would come out of uh, Jacob was a well-known prophecy found in way back in Numbers chapter 24 and verse 17. And then by looking at Daniel's prophecy, Concerning the coming of the Messiah, many Jews and all the priests knew that the time of his arrival was at hand or was shortly to come. Now, these astronomers were probably from Persia or Arabia, and they put it all together, and they formed this large caravan, and here they come to Jerusalem, and when they arrived, they started inquiring after his birth and where he could be, where he could be found. Uh, so they pay homage to the infant king that will one day rule the land. Yeah. They'd ask around a little bit about where he was born. And he said that they had seen his star in the east and they have come to worship him. You know, brother, 
they probably saw the star right about the same time the shepherds did. But it's taken them a year or so to travel from where they were out east to the location. Yeah. And you and old Herod. Now, Herod, he was so obsessed with somebody taking over his position that he had spies everywhere in the city at the time. And he soon got wind of these highly respected wise men looking for the king of the Jews who had recently been born. And the Bible says he was troubled in all Jerusalem with him. Well, <clears throat> not to say that, you know, he was a good guy or anything, but think about where he was at in his shoots. Because, of course, we know he was the most humble. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he was humble, all right. So now here's this grand caravan that has come in, and they, they have all this pomp and circumstance, and they pull up to the palace, and, of course, you know, as humble as he was, he, he thought it was all about him. <laughs> yeah, of course. And so could you imagine the shock? Whenever they looked at him in the face and said, where is he that is born king of the Jews? <laughs> then his jaw dropped down to his knees, don't you? <laughs> and so he's probably thinking, uh, king of the Jews. Right Hello. Here. <laughs> so. Yeah, I'm sure he was troubled uh, because of all the blood he had in his hands. Uh, he, he, didn't, he didn't have nothing getting uh, in his way uh, to stand in power. He killed numerous people. Uh, as as well as and Jesus, a little baby, little baby boy, wasn't gonna, who was a direct threat to his position, wasn't gonna be a threat very long. He had anything to do with it, you know. Because yeah, we all know what happens to those that threaten the position of Herod the king. And the Bible says here, and all of Jerusalem with him. Now, <clears throat> that that makes you wonder what's going on there. But when you look at the the period of time we're in, uh, many of the Jews would be delighted at the coming of the Messiah. But many had already abandoned Judaism, and they were following Herod. Uh, surely Herod's friends in Jerusalem would be very well pleased with a new king because that means they would lose their position as well. So as for the majority of the religious Jews, news of a new king coming to Herod's ears uh, would surely cause this paranoid king to go haywire, mm -hmm. which would directly uh, affect them. And brother, that's so much like our world today. You know, the Jews abandoned God's way for Herod's way. And sadly in this world, not only uh, the unbelievers who are living in the world, but even some Christians have uh, chosen to go the way of the world rather than the way God has for them. Yeah, unfortunately, you know, uh, the prophecy, brother, Jeremiah thirty-one fifteen was also a prophecy that was well known to the religious Jews. And it was concerning the lamentation and bitter weeping uh, for her children. And some may have put it together with King Nutjob, and they were simply afraid of what this guy might do when he was threatened. In any event, we can't be sure exactly what happened, but uh, both of these things were quite possible to explain their fear. So we see where Herod called the chief priests and the scribes of the people together to get some insight concerning what the uh, Word of God said concerning the place where the Messiah was to be born. And Herod was told that... Uh, the prophecy in Micah 5, 2 said that he would be born in Bethlehem, the land of Judah. Uh, so Herod, uh, brother, he was a believer in what the Old Testament said. Wait a minute. Hold on. <laughs> Roll that back. Yeah. What did you say? Yeah, he was a believer in what oh, the Old my. Testament said. Uh, he, he probably called the wise men for it. He asked them at the same time, he says, well, this star, when did it first appear? 
Uh, and of course they told him Bethlehem and, uh, and they sent him and so they, he sent them to Bethlehem to find Jesus and get an eyewitness account and then return to him with what they found out. Okay, well, hey, wasn't that nice of him? He only wanted to honor and worship Jesus. Yeah, right. <laughs> or at least that's what he told the wise men. Yeah. You know, he, he shrouded his actual intention to kill uh, Jesus uh, in religion and said that he wanted to worship him as well. Mm. And you know, when you look at things, brother, Satan often shrouds his evil intentions in religion. Yeah, he does. Uh, uh, he's a great deceiver. And he comes in this world, but for, but for one reason, that's to seek and to destroy. Well, brother, religion will send you to help just as quick as apostasy, if, if not, not sooner, yeah. And the sad part is most of the religious people think that they're all right. Yeah, and, and you know, that's a big danger. You know, especially someone like yourself, brother, who's been raised up in a Christian home mm -hmm. and uh, in the church all their life. Uh, it's, it's, and I, I knew a guy like that. Uh, and it was hard for him to see that uh, that he was going to hell because he's yeah. been he's done the right things all his life. You yeah, know? Uh, but they're the hardest ones sometimes. Good old boys don't make it into heaven. Yeah, only through Jesus Christ. That's exactly right. Amen. You know, and after hearing the king, uh, they they departed to, to Bethlehem, being guided by the star in the east until it rested over the house, exactly where the Savior was living with his earthly parents. says in verse 11 of Matthew chapter 2 it says and when they came into the house they saw the young child with Mary his mother and fell down and worshiped him and when they had opened their treasures and I found that pretty good you know the wise men obviously came looking for the king of the Jews because they had brought treasure with them which was a customary thing to show their respect uh, to royalty yeah, well, they truly believed, brother, that Jesus would be a prince or a conqueror who would one day lead them out of the Roman bondage that they were currently in. Yeah, uh, they probably didn't think about uh, him being God's son who would deliver them from sin's bondage. Mm -hmm. uh, the word worship here in this verse doesn't have to mean anything religious. It, it usually means to pay homage to or special honor uh, to someone in royalty. Uh, the gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh uh, were simply the most valuable commodities that their country had, and they presented them to the newborn king as a token of respect and homage. Hmm. Uh, the underlying reason for the gifts uh, for them to give them would be that uh, when the king came into power, uh, that he would remember their good deed and treat them and their country favorable. Yeah. Well, so in a nutshell, to put it in, in plainer words, they wanted to make sure that they were on the winning side whenever it came down to it. Yeah, uh, you know, that's a lesson for us, brother, uh, that we should give our best uh, to Jesus as well. Actually, our all should be given because he is worthy of our hearts and everything we possess. Uh, Herod had sent the wise man to find Jesus and then return to him and reveal his location. Uh, this was done under the pre pretense that Herod wanted to worship him also. But what he really wanted to do was, was to kill him in his embassy so that he wouldn't grow up and, and overthrow him. And you know, this is coming from the guy who had a wife, sons, and a handful of servants slaughtered for the very same reason. Yeah. 
But God came to the wise man uh, in a dream. And he warned him not to return to Herod. So they departed into their own country, uh, went out the back way. Uh, this would also spread the good news of the coming Savior to Arabia as well. Uh, it would have given them hope uh, that the reign of Rome over them would soon end. Oh, the beginning of foreign missions? <laughs> yeah, Telling the east of the king of the Jews? Yeah, amen. Uh, God also appeared in dream to Joseph. Uh, and told him to take Jesus into Egypt because Herod would seek uh, them out and, and kill the infant Jesus. So they arose and they sneaked out of the city at night and they fled to Egypt until such time Herod died. Mm. Uh, this was fulfilled the prophecy in Isaiah 11. It uh, says, Out of Egypt have I called my son. You know, whenever they finally got that word, it was probably like, Ding dong, the king is dead. Which old king, the wicked king. You know? <laughs> you know, when Herod saw that he was mocked by the wise man, uh, he became furious. Yeah. And he ordered that all the male children in the area of Bethlehem, two years and younger, would be killed, figuring Jesus sure would be among them. Uh, for us to think of this today is, is horrifying to most Christians, but it was the nature and the character of, of this King Herod who had murdered his wife and, what, several children, I think mm -hmm. you said, because of the same perceived threat to his position. And, and while this was a tragic event uh, to those in that area, it wasn't thought to be much of a deal to a man like Herod. No. You know, this guy killed lots of guys. Uh, Bethlehem was a small city. Uh, the Bible says that uh, the lesser of the cities, in fact. So it may have only involved a dozen or two children. And as far as Herod was concerned, it was a small price to pay for his peace of mind oh yeah and you know considering that bethlehem was only about you know uh, on the low end some historians have it at three thousand others at eight thousand people you like you said you're only talking about maybe a few dozen kids yeah you know it it certainly brother isn't as tragic as this country's liberal leaders who regularly campaign to continue killing a million and a half babies a year yeah, that's, that's true, and brother, you know, it's, it seems like a drop in the bucket what Herod did compared to what we do nowadays. Well, ain't that the truth? You know, not only this country, but the countries <clears throat> all over the world, yeah. you know. Uh, this was a fulfillment of another prophecy in Jeremiah thirty-one fifteen, which says in Ramah, uh, was there a voice heard, lamentation and weeping and great mourning, Rachel weeping, weeping for her children and, and would not be comforted because they are not. But when Herod was dead, an angel once again appeared to Joseph in a dream, and he took his family back, uh, back from Egypt. Uh, in order to avoid this, the, the son of Herod, who was now uh, reigning in his father's place, uh, Joseph turned to Galilee and settled down in a place called Nazareth. Yeah, a nice little town that would have otherwise gone unnoticed by history if it wasn't for the fact that the Savior moved there. Yeah. You know, it says in, uh, in Luke chapter 2 and verse 40, it uh, says, And the child grew and waxed strong in spirit, filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was upon him. He was so much man, yet so much God. Yeah. He was the son of man and the son of God. Amen. Amen. You know, the next time we see Jesus in the scriptures, uh, he's now 12 years old, and he has gone with his earthly parents to Jerusalem to observe Passover. And after the observance, 
uh, Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem without telling his parents that he was staying behind. <laughs> you know, brother, I remember one time uh, asking Grandma if I could go play with my cousins. And, uh, you know, they, they were over in Indiana. And Grandma lived in Michigan because they only lived about 100 yards from the state line. Mm -hmm. Well, um, she told me to be home by 9 o'clock. Well, in Indiana, they're an hour behind. So I was figuring I could stay out till nine o'clock Indiana time. <laughs> well, but by, by the time I got home, Grandma was standing out there with a paddle in hand. Uh, I said, "Boy, where you been?" I said, "It wasn't nine o'clock over there." She says, "You knew very good and well <laughs> yeah. nine o'clock our time." Yeah, you knew what time was over here in Michigan. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> that worked out so good. No, it didn't. Yeah. You know, Mary and Joseph assumed mm -hmm. uh, that Jesus was somewhere in the company. Mm -hmm. uh, that they, you know, that they traveled with. Uh, and it was a while before they actually missed him. But when they did, they returned to Jerusalem probably in a panic like most parents to look for him. <laughs> yeah. And if I remember right, they had already gone out almost a day and a half before they realized it. Yeah, and after three days, they found Jesus in the temple sitting in the midst of the doctors or the rabbi uh, discussing the scriptures. I reckon they were just about fit to be tied, brother, but were astonished when they heard the conversation that ensued. Yeah, yeah. Uh, fortunately, they weren't like your grandma. <laughs> Paddling hand. Yeah. Uh, Jesus' <laughs> answers and questions uh, to these rabbis were way beyond and, and deeper than, uh, than, than most people could ever get, including the rabbis. Uh, and they were and they were astonished at that his understanding of his answers. Mm, you know, and they had no idea that they were talking to the I am that I am yeah. from the time of Moses. Now, you we look at that uh, term that they, he was in the temple, mm -hmm. and we think inside the temple, but it might very well have been in the on the temple grounds. You know, in the temple area, uh, because during the Passover season, it was the custom of the Sanhedrin to sit uh, in the temple court and discuss religious and theological questions with all who would come by and listen. Hmm. So Jesus, quite possibly, already had drawn a crowd who listened to his deep understanding of the scriptures along with the rabbis. And, you know, here, here you got this 12-year-old boy, brother, who understands the Old Testament, the Law of Moses, all of this, backwards and forwards, and could shed light on things that even maybe these teachers had not considered or thought of. Yeah, I, I can, I can just, uh, I can just envision them trying to trip this smart kid up, yeah. can't you? Yeah, and they can't do it. And work, didn't work out well. <laughs> and you know, they never stopped. You know, even when he was in the early thirties and uh, and ministering, they they sent people to try to trip him up, and they said, never, never heard a man snake as this man. You know, uh, so when his parents found him, uh, the only thing they could admonish him for was for disappearing without telling him. Uh, and we're in the death. <laughs> well, I mean, wouldn't you be a little frantic after four and a half days of searching? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Jesus' answer to him was pretty simple. He said, I must be about my father's business. Uh, and he's not talking about earthly father Joseph. He was talking about the God of Father in heaven. Uh, <clears throat> I wonder, brother, if 15 years later, 12, 18 years later, uh -huh. 18 years later. You have to wonder if 18 years later, uh, if they didn't, some of them were still alive that remembered that 
same scene of him a couple Very of well. Yeah. This is that boy from the temple. Yeah. Remember that little smart kid? That, yeah. Yeah. Uh, anyway, they they gathered up Jesus and they returned to Nazareth where Jesus spent the next 18 years probably working as a carpenter uh, in his earthly father's trade. That would be the, the normal thing that he would have done. But the Bible says Jesus increased in wisdom and stature. Uh, little else is said about Jesus is youth. And we next see John the Baptist preparing the way for Jesus to start ministering uh, grace to his hearers. Uh, brother, <clears throat> you ever wonder what kind of questions the rabbis might have asked Jesus in the temple? In fact, brother, I think I got a song that might shed a light on that. Oh, amen. Amen. <clears throat> Thank you. 
came that you might have life and have it more abundantly. He left heaven's glory to pay your price for sin by dying on the cross. The good news is that he crucified your sins along with his earthly body that your spirit may be saved eternally. But you must first accept the payment before your sin debt can be canceled. Amen. And you do that by admitting that you're a sinner and that you need a Savior. And you need to believe that Jesus is that Savior and that your sins have condemned you. But know that if you see your sin in a different light and repent, asking Jesus to come into your inner man and save you, he will. So won't you confess him as your Savior today? Won't you repent of your sins and ask him to save your soul? Don't you do that right now wherever you're at, whatever country you're at, whatever time it is. Why don't you do that now? Amen. Brother, wait. Give us a prayer. Yeah, we're going to close in prayer. Father, we thank you so very much, uh, Lord, for the awesome privilege of just being able to share your word freely. Lord, I pray for our listeners. Uh, Lord, if they don't know Jesus Christ, their Savior, Lord, again, no matter where they are, no matter what country they are, no matter what time of day it is, Father, I pray that they would accept that free gift that Jesus paid for on the cross at Calvary by shedding his precious blood. Lord, I pray that they would accept him as their Lord and Savior before it's too late. Lord, <clears throat> I ask that you would uh, just continue to be with our brothers and sisters in Christ that are listening. Lord, I pray that they would be encouraged, that they would be emboldened, Lord. Uh, Lord, just to continue on for you, Father, that we would see as an example our Lord and Savior uh, these humble beginnings. Uh, Lord, that he came down here to be among us, Lord, so that, Lord, whenever we would come to him with our problems and our, our troubles, he could say, I've been there, I understand, and I've been victorious over it, Lord, that we might also, through him, have that victory. Lord, we are so thankful, so thankful for you sending your son to die for us. And it's in his name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you for being with us. Uh, again, check us out on all of our platforms <clears throat> that we mentioned earlier. Um, if you're on Facebook, we ask you hit that love button, hit the share. It gets it out there to a bunch of folks. Also, if you will uh, be watching us on YouTube, we ask that you would push the like button. And if you hit that little bell after you subscribe, it'll give you updates every time a new episode drops. Yeah, amen. And so all of the other platforms, what, however you listen to your podcast, um, hit the thumbs up. You can get notifications on there too when a new one drops. And then um, we're going to be re-covering uh, one of our, our previous episodes because of some technical difficulties. It wasn't aired. Uh, parts two and three made it, but part one, one didn't. didn't make it, yeah. And so we're going to be doing uh, David and Bathsheba part one over. Um, and then... We ask uh, that you be in prayer for a special up-and-coming project. Uh, probably second or third week of February, it'll be available out to the public. Um, and uh, just be in prayer for that. And everybody's like, well, what is it? You'll just have to tune in and find out. Amen. So Amen. It, until next time, we love you and God bless. Amen. Thanks for spending a little time with us. <laughs>